How are you doing, folks? You're listening to the Monthly Motorhead Podcast. You're listening to the Iron Fist 1982 episode of the Monthly Motorhead Podcast. If you're a hardcore motorite, you're probably yelling at your screen or whatever it is you're listening to this via that. Wait a minute. You should be talking about No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Well, A, it's already got the tracks we've talked about on, so there's no point talking about them all again. And B, we are going to do an extra episode at some point with all the singles we didn't get to on all the live albums that came out before 1982 with the last album of the original lineup, Iron Fist, that we're talking about today. We get right onto this episode because a lot of stuff to talk about. Check out the Instagram at Top Hat and Kane's Pods to see the album covers that we're talking about and to see the single cover that we also talk about at the end. But yeah, let's just jump right into this. Iron Fist. Here's the latest example of vinyl shrapnel, guys and gals. Hope you are standing to attention. We had a great time making this fab opus. Listen to it wrapped in barbed wire, produced by Evil Redneck. Frackets will read Dick Flying. He's producer. Dick Flying. Dick Flying and he's producer. And Motorhead. Well, Eddie, really. Tape optimist Chad Harwell recorded at. Morgan Studios, uh, yada yada yada, yada yada yada, uh, sandwiches by Catherine, drunken dabbling by Patsy, vodka by Smirnoff, carpets by Weldon, uh, <laughs> building by Wimpy, noise by shouting and hitting things, <laughs> laying down be. by the fire, <laughs> getting up again by closing time, wiki wiki wiki. Oh, stop the delikable miss misbrate. Misbrate? That was a misbrate. But all titles written by Kilmister, Clark and Taylor. That's what's important here. So Lemmy's not a fan of this this cover. Have we started? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I realise we started. I'll get a natural flow when it starts. Yeah, he's not a fan of the cover. So there was a big plastic hand. It is a big plastic, and that's exactly what it is. Well, um, I do like the way Snaggletooth like ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one that's screaming. I mean, the album cover's better than the the inlay and the promotional stuff because the ugh. inlay photograph is terrible. <laughs> so this this would be around the time of metal is like it has to be scary and satanic and manly and that's what they've gone for here and it's just the three of them standing there like a bunch of plums in some some little warrior warrior wear i'm sure lemmy says like the for the ace of spades photo shoot they dressed like cowboys and pranced around <laughs> south mims and the iron fist there's like knights and then pissed about around South Mims as well. So, I mean, you can only really tell. I've only worked out who was who on that inlay from <laughs> looking at the at the single cover. Yeah, because they're not we wearing the homework. stupid. All dressed mo- up as idiots, prancing around in a wood in South Mims, That's as opposed it. to prancing around in South Mims dressed as cowboy idiots. Well, you know, at least he can laugh at it. You know, it's, he's they're having fun with it. It's going very Spinal Tap at yeah. this stage. Sa- <sighs> what are the other bands around this time? Saxon? Shave Man of War are about by now. Yeah. 
they're trying to get some of the European market. Maybe that's what they were, they were into there. Well, whatever they were doing did not work. It. They just look like extras from like Black Adder Two or <laughs> or something. It just. Oh, actually, no. They look like extras from Nightmare. If anyone yeah, remembers they that. do. <laughs> the Snaggletooth masks look terrible. Apart from on the back cover where they seem to take a picture of one of them. That one looks alright. Yeah, in detail. Maybe they've got like a... That was like the sculpt one that... that the one they work from. I don't understand what the logic was of making the motorhead a mask. It's never been like a, like a, a moving, talking thing, but I... No, like, even even like in the later years when you might expect it's like, oh, they'll, they'll do like a mask version of it. I never remember seeing one. No, you can buy them. I looked it up online. Nice. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, my weird mask collection that makes people ask questions, but no. I don't think so. It's it's best left as like a badge, you know what I mean? It's like the Ramones logo. It's fine as what it is, a band logo, leave it at that. So uh, shall we talk album then? The Ace of Spades tour was massive, apparently. It was Big like... Hit. two Yeah, yeah. Apparently it was a few years like all-encompassing. So finished the Ace of Spades tour. They're about to go out on the road again to Europe. At which point, I think it's a show in Ireland where we might have talked about this last time, I can't remember. But Phil decides to play a game of who can lift the other man highest with a large Irishman. The large Irishman on, part, on, yeah. On a set of stairs. Um, he sort of lifts up Phil over his head but manages to drop him. He manages to fall backwards and... Phil Taylor breaks his neck, obviously results in the cancellation of the European tour. Um, <laughs> apparently, he was quite close to being paralysed from what oh, I was reading. Because wow. I'm sure in, I think it's in White Line Fever, Lemmy's talking about they had to go to the hospital and the tour manager pulled Lemmy out. And it's like, can you just speak to you for a second? And it's like, yeah, sure, well, why have you dragged me out of here? At which point they heard a massive scream from the from the room next door and it was the nurse inserting the catheter. Oof. Um, but I've, I'm not too sure how close he came to being paralysed, but I don't think he could walk. Or I don't think he could get up after it initially happened. So, a few weeks of recovery. Well, a few months, actually, I think. Which explains, because we bought the St. Valentine's Day Massacre EP. Yes, and we're going to do a bonus episode on all the EPs. Yes, we'll do that later. Anyway, I noticed on the back, Phil Taylor doesn't play drums on it. Probably because he's paralysed. <laughs> But if you look closely on the cover, they're all dressed as gangsters, and he's wearing the neck great brace. Bit. Yeah, the yeah. neck brace on there. So, so yeah, that was that was that. After that, was they finished off the Ace of Spades tour, which is when No Sleep Till Hammersmith is recorded. Yes, and that is the first actual number one. Yes, and the news that comes out while the tour in America. Yeah. So they've kind of already peaked. Uh, this is something else that's appeared in one of the many Lemmy documentaries books or whatever. Like he got the news that he had a number one time differential, so he was walking up uh, while being on a bender to say, congratulations, you've got a number one. He's like, so can I go back to bed yeah. now? <laughs> he sort of puts it that way and it didn't really hit them. But not to, not to like talk shit about this album already before we've even started, but he said it, they could only go down from here, yeah. unfortunately. I think there was so much popularity behind Ace of Spades that... And still, you know, there was a lot of infighting around from from the beginning, really, and then, and then uh, with all that infighting, they then said it would be a good idea to make one of the band members one of the producers. Yeah, for uh, some reason, Vic doesn't come back. 
and it's they seem to be I've only been able to find one reason for it, but people mm-hmm. say there's conflicting reasons. But the reason we oh, we've come across is apparently Phil said something because he didn't like the drum sound that Phil was coming out with, which I think is quite ironic because some of the drums on this sound not great. And yeah. I don't know if it's a if it's a result of the production or the rushed recording or if it's Phil just not being able to play as well since the accident. But it's the drumming's not up to what it is on the other, the previous four no, albums, yeah. in my opinion. And uh, they made it sound and like they got on well with Vic in the last album, and like he said, like he encouraged him to play more. He's the one who encouraged him to do more with his voice in the back and singing. So. Yeah, it, it seems, we, we may never know now. Cause it the, seems like, ev- pretty much like everyone, including Vic, is dead. You know, yes. everyone <laughs> who was in that room is no longer with us to support this. Like we said, they had the number one with no sleep till no sleep, and and again. And the and the problem with having a number one with a live album is, what do you do to make another number one another live album? You need it's content a, to put on live albums, don't you? It's an odd one. I don't How like do you live follow albums. Up a live album with a studio album. I find it really difficult to listen to live albums as well because I like I don't like hearing the crowd noise. Really, it's just I, a gripe I've always had. No, I've just no. never liked them. I I'd say I I'm different. I I do enjoy a good live album, but I sometimes you can. Uh, think like how much of this has been overdubbed you know yeah like how let much me only up. overdubbed some vocals on no sleep apparently and the rest oh, was yeah. just exactly as it was now it's recorded over a couple of days as well that's what gets me as well it's like oh it's live from london it's like it's live from london over like five dates yeah yeah <laughs> what's wordsworth was released around yeah, this lot, time that's why so. we need the bonus episode because there's a lot of stuff coming out yeah there's like four releases between ace of spades and and this so i think it's just keeping that keeping the name in the public conscience mm-hmm. and obviously um, just building on the success of Ace of Spades and that's where it Building on the success work. and also constant touring and that all comes to a head with this album, with the studios. The, the label said we need to get this done in a few weeks before the next tour so we have something to promote. So yeah. it's a rush job. They didn't have as much prepared as they usually did. They've got a brand new producer and, and they've also got someone in the band working as a producer. And Phil's also... Uh, yeah, from a broken, a broken neck. neck kind of drama. So, <laughs> how did that all sound? Let's find out with the first track. Which I'm going to guess is Iron Fist? Yeah. Iron Fist. <laughs> I've always hated the ending to this song. Get on to that because there's a few other songs that I like that. Why do I hate the ending to that song so much? The dun 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 Why why are you, do you doing that? This this is something that'll come back because uh, I've got a gripe with it on another song. Um, 
it we know that it's a rush production mm-hmm. and everything and it's almost right how do we end the song it's like oh just dun, 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 that'll do dun, 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 dun. and that is something that will come back as <laughs> well i can assure you but overall it's you know, it's a title track of one of the the first five albums so it's obviously going to be good yeah it's it's not really like top 10 singles though is it iron fist i mean it's not it is a bit of nonsense when you when you look at it i've i have written down this, the lyrics are nonsense <laughs> um, moon eclipse and you know why ghost rider in the sky what <laughs> I still like the Dark Knight, nothing to see, invisible hand in front of me, just because of the Sodom version. <laughs> and it sounds so much better in a German accent. It does work better in German. Um, it's nonsense lyrics, but we've, I don't know, there's plenty of Motorhead songs with yeah, nonsense you can lyrics on. De- decipher some kind of meaning in those nonsense songs apart from this one. I, just, I don't know what he's getting at. I have no idea. <laughs> it, ju- it just seems to, it's not random, it's random words around a theme. Or an um, Iron Fist. Yeah. Whatever that is, yeah. But out of... Because obviously, first five albums, Motorhead's, Overkill, Bomber, Ace of Spades, and Iron Fist. I still think... Well... Now, now it's, it's towards the bottom of there, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not dance it, around it. sounds it. harsh to say, but is it better than Motorhead's? I mean, I like that album, so... Yeah, it's probably the worst <laughs> out of there. Well, I'll have to listen to more of it before I come in further. But one of the things I do like about this, though, and it's one of the things that Eddie's been great at, I think, like over during his tenure, his solos not necessarily that they, you know, they're like, oh my god, they're like amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that. It's when he does a solo, and the rhythm section will change. It will change it from the verse into the chorus, or the chorus into okay. the verse, or into the mid. If you go back and listen to them, like he seems to be really good at following where the song's going with a solo. It his solos just fit really well with the changes. I find he's not necessarily the best guitarist Motorhead I've ever had, mm. but the way his solos fit with the song and the way that's that comes across is like this is one example of it. I think there's a few others on this album but it's one of the things he really excels at that came up in the in the studio book because the producer was saying how uh because eddie was co-producing he'd be in the booth with him so he did play a lot of his stuff in the booth and they just fed it into the live room Uh, he also said how eddie clark was a, a great riff writer and not much of one for solos he didn't like playing solos yeah that kind of that kind of makes sense but i mean say during the changes like if you go back and just listen to that change when they go from the verse riff to the chorus riff mm-hmm. and the way his solo just goes over the top and just follows the riff around it just really works and that's one of the things he's always been great at which it kind of makes sense now where he's more of a riff writer than he is a song yeah. <laughs> you think the guitar is going to be more prevalent in this album going forward with the guitarist as the producer Maybe I mean the bass is definitely the bass and the well the drums you can tell are definitely mm-hmm. they sound flatter they don't sound as I don't know if it's like because of the room they were in as well because especially the ones in Overkill it sounds like they're in an echo chamber yeah. they've got like a really big sound to them they sound a bit flat here but it, it could also be down to Phil's drumming because um, he he doesn't exert himself like he has on other albums I've, he gets. 
better because obviously we've seen the Ace of Spades classic albums when he gets behind the kit and he just goes nuts. Yeah. Like it's great he recovered hmm. fully, but I don't think at this stage he has fully recovered. But what about the uh, the base of a Lemmy though? It's just very trebly. There's not a lot of low end to it. Apparently, uh, the the one thing that Lemmy said to the producer, co-producer, I guess, who isn't a cock, Will Reed, uh, who also produced Finn Lizzy and Saxon, be impressed. He said, I, I don't want to hear any any bass on my bass. Like, he wanted all his bass to be rhythm. Like, he, like that was his main point to get across to him. It's like, don't don't treat me like a bass player. Treat this like a rhythm. Yeah, I and think that... His, his mindset was coming from doing Thin Lizzy, which is very... Guitar front bass, yeah. like like Phil and its bass is very just there to be the backbone of it. Like yeah. it's not very showy. It's fucking great though, but it it, it is built around guitar solos and stuff. Thin Lizzy, isn't it? So it was a change in style for him. I think it does need a bit more of a low end. It's, it's still one of my favorite bits. Going back to um to No Class when it it kicks in and after like one of the solos, they kick back and they they play it almost like an octave down or they they move the bass down it, it just sounds so much better but that's this album's missing that yeah he does get better over time they do put more low end especially into the phil and wurzel years there is a lot more low end into the some of those songs these sound uh, even on cd they sound a bit like it's playing off an lp with like really tinny speakers mm. or something but I don't know, that seems to be the way he wanted it. As, as we know, Lemmy doesn't play bass like a bass. <laughs> yeah. Shall we uh, see what's next? Heart of Stone. Leave me alone, get off the phone, I've got a heart of stone. Great lyric, great rhyming, rhyming couplet. Yeah. that from the book no no you can <laughs> just hear it I could hear it because I was that close to it yeah <laughs> uh, yeah Heart of Stone or or if you have the uh, the Castle Communications 1996 CD reissued bonus tracks Let Me Goes to Pub Let Me Goes to Pub is one of my favourite songs man I wish they kept that on there I think it should have been it's like, just a, a much more light hearted thing than this whatever this was about you know what I mean it just seems to be fuck you I don't care but yeah, it's this. It's not a very original way of saying the fuck you. I don't care. It's pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah it's you know I've got a heart of stone. I'm the, yeah. you know you're not gonna you're not gonna guilt trip me or anything. But my problem's not necessarily with this song. It's that whole attitude because there's four songs on this album hmm. that are all written around the theme of fuck you. Right. I don't care and. I, this is why I think this should have stayed as something like maybe not. Let me go to the pub. They could have just changed it to be. 
just about going to the pub and having a having a drink and having a good time, just to change it up a bit because. I like songs on this album, but I sort of get sick of hearing the same message across four songs off a 12-track album. A third of this hmm. all follows that theme. Lemmy admits in the autobiography, in the in the interviews, and in the studio book, they were they were rushed. He didn't have all the stuff prepared. He did write some stuff on the most of the stuff on the fly. There were there like the reason why we have Lemmy goes to the pub and Heart of Stone is because he did write and record some stuff and go like nah that's not very good let's go back and do something else yeah or I, I guess with that he would have said that doesn't really fit what the album's meant to be about let's go back and do something else. I mean if he should history now would say nah I should have left that in but at the time they were like well this is what a metal band sounds like you know yeah this is what we've got to do I mean there's it's enough- a shame because that Lemmy goes to the pub is a tune another annoying thing about the song like go back and listen to the solo. There's bits that are lifted from the Ace of Spades solo. And now, I only just found out that about Eddie Clark not liking to play solos, but mm. this makes sense because this comes up again and again where there's just material that seems to have been recycled and just sort of put in there so it would fit. I'm I'm not a big fan of this song, to be honest. It's just it's just a bit simple. It's... I think what we're going to find going forward on this episode is what Lemmy said. Like half of this album is a yeah, it's a letdown. Like, he he wasn't happy with how it turned out. There's like three songs on it he likes, and the rest he's not asked on. Yeah, I think there is. There's a few flashes on here of of really good songs, and but even even like Iron Fist almost feels a bit like it's missing something. Oh yeah. It's. N- I don't think it's even a case of like there's three or four songs that aren't quite there. I think most things aren't quite there. There's just some that are m- like more unfinished than others. <laughs> more unfinished than others. Well, let's have a look to the next one. One I remember liking quite fondly. I'm the Doctor. That is, that's Hawkwind lyrics to a Motorhead melody. Is it? Oh, it, it feels like it, doesn't yeah. it? You look at those words, man. It's it's just spacey, trippy drug stuff, yeah. isn't it? That's it's a, it's a, a song about taking pills. <laughs> I, I thought it was a a song about Lemmy's brief tenure on the BBC TV series Doctor Who. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's about his desire to be on Doctor Who. Classic uh, drugs and rock and roll song. I, yeah. I like that. Good, I really good like fun, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. it's the humours back. Yeah, that's what we need more of. I mean, you can't do a whole album of funny metal songs, but 
One or two. Spice them in there. Well, it's, it's more got that like dark humor where it's like, you know, I'll sort you out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when I lift your black depression, help you through the night. Sounds dark when you say it on its own, but when you put it on the context of the whole song, it's just like a nice little grooving song about, here, take this pill and let's party. Yeah. Just some of the uh, some of the words he comes up with in there. Like, he manages to get det- detergent, undulate, and <laughs> hypodermic in this song. Hypodermics are great words to fit into the yeah, I mean, yeah. props to him for making that sound so natural. We haven't talked about weird words he's just thrown in there for the sake of it oh, yeah, for a while, he's... but this is this has got like quite a few in there. But he's the best at just throwing parallelogram in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these big words sound so natural in the context of these stupid songs, stupid enjoyable songs. This has got some of my favorite lyrics in, like just every other. It's one of those where every other every line other is part, gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the detergents in your blood. That's, that's, that's just great. I'm just going to quote there, that. Yeah. <laughs> and it still fits in. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that song. Yeah, probably my favourite off the album, to be honest. I think it's the only one that sounds fully rounded and finished. Yeah, apart from the, the fade out. Like. <laughs> it's got like a decent solo in there. The lyrics are really realised because some of these we'll get to on side two, especially the list songs because the it just feels like they're just thrown in there where it's obvious he seems to have sat down and wrote this it's like what i'm your boy what will rhyme with boy undulates <laughs> with joy brilliance that's the difference between a motorhead song and a normal metal song because you know, i'm your boy i could give you joy but in my head, I'll make you ovulate with joy. Uh, undulate, not un- ovulate. <laughs> ovulate <laughs> something completely different. <laughs> well, me and Lavi are on the same wavelength of putting big words in there that stuff it in the context. <laughs> yeah, good good songwriting stuff in there. My my favourite off this album by far. By a long way. How do you feel about Go To Hell? Let's find out. I'm boss of these DJ intros. <laughs> There is, there's quite a few. Yeah. There's four verses in that song. And I, I couldn't fucking do a lyric from one of them, even though I just heard it. It's the, the lyrics are really bland. It's going. It's the same theme as Heart of Stone. Someone, where it's like, I don't care, you can go there. Yeah, someone's broke up with Lemmy on this album, man. <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> seems to be something that he's really annoyed about. Yeah, going back to the lyrics, there's not really much to talk about. It's... I like the the chorus, even though it's one word. I mean, I like the what's the word? The uh, I like the harmony, the Lemmy harmony on the chorus. That's yeah. about all. 
I mean, oh, I prefer it. I prefer this to Heart of Stone. Yeah, like it's it just feels like a better riff rather. It, well, it just it just feels like a a better written song overall. Um, that's why I think Heart of Stone should have stayed as something along the lines of "Let Me Go to the Pub" mm. to change it up a bit. There's only be one song between these two tracks. Although one thing I have noticed about this. It annoyed me for ages because it reminded me of another song, and I couldn't figure out what it was because I thought it was ripped off something, and it turns out something ripped off this, huh. and it really sounds like The Wicker Man by Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, kinda. That annoyed me for that's, ages. That's a much better song, though. <laughs> it is. That's yeah. It's another problem with this. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not enjoying this album so far. I'm being honest with you. No, it's like I'm. I say I think this is better when compared to Heart of Stone, but in terms of what there is to talk about mm-hmm. on it, the lyrics really aren't up to much. I, I mean, know that you're. I know. No, you know that I'm a singer. Let me sing it for you. Something like that. Yeah, that's one of them. Wrapped around your little finger, under your thumb too. <laughs> it's it's not on par with Let Me Stand and This. No, it's like if he does the extra half an hour to sit down <laughs> and go over some of this, he might have come up with something better. I mean, I think the only... We might not be that bothered if Heart of Stone wasn't before this. If they swap round, I'm sure we'd have been bitching about Heart of Stone yeah. having shit lyrics. Um, but yeah, it's... That's that's all I can really say about it. It's better than other songs on the album. <laughs> oh, uh, fucking Iron Fist's not doing well here, is it? Let's see how we do with the next track, Loser, though. Maybe it'll all turn around. I don't want to sound disrespectful to Moahead at all. Why would I? I would never do such a thing. But that felt like, you know, when you're playing a playing a gig, like playing a bill with a bunch of other bands, and there's like that one band full of like 17 year olds, and you're like, lads, get on the same page. (laughs) The end of the the end of the song really feels like that. It's all. It feels like the end of just a jam in the studio. Yeah, I think that might be what it was. It's <laughs> like, well, that'll be an album track. <laughs> yeah. Do you Oof. know what? It started out pretty good. I, I was enjoying the bluesiness of it. Yeah, I like the song apart from the outro. Oh, it's terrible, was wasn't it? It was, it was like three different things doing at the same time. It was it's, like speeding up and then like dropping out for the bass and then that a fade. Bass. It's just that ending bass. And even let me vocals all place. Oh, God, no. I mean, that should that should not have seen the light of day, though. No, the the bass riff, when it kicks in for the outro, is... 
it's like really it doesn't even build up it doesn't even build up to anything and it just goes it just gets quicker and there's a, a bit of solo over and a fade yeah, out. I mean, doing, <laughs> approaching these albums with the critical thinking that we've been doing, uh, you, you wonder how that made a past. Well, that's that's the thing, because up until that point, I, I quite like this song. I think not using power chords and using the minor chords there, I don't know, I don't know if that's the right term, but using those and then talking about, you know, I'm a loser. Like, it, it fits with mm-hmm. the theme. It's something, like, simple as that, but it fits quite well. Some of the lyrics are quite... They're a lot better than some of the other ones. But again, it's almost like, fuck you, I don't care. <laughs> like, call me a superstar, play that game, cost you a million just to sign my name. It's like, you know, I am i don't care what you think. I'll do what I want. <laughs> like, I'm better than you. Which, again, is quite a nice juxtaposition because it's quite downbeat, the song, but the message is yeah, like, yeah. you know, you might think that, but I can not give a shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to sleep with your bed. That's another one. That, yeah. Now I've got their women in my bed. Buy you buy me a drink, and you wish I was dead. <laughs> um, it's, it's like a com- more confident version of the go to hell theme that we've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, but again, we're on. Hold on, how many songs are we through here? One, two, three, four, fifth song through. Third song with the same theme or the same over yeah, yeah. overall theme. And this is where I think this album really suffers. And there was a wider spectrum of deeper ideas on other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I as I say, I quite like the start of this song. I think the last, I don't know if it's a minute, 45 seconds, is can just go. Mm. It's just terrible. Yeah, it is. shouldn't be on there. It's almost it's almost like it's, it's on there to take up runtime. Mm-hmm. Because if you cut a few songs from this, you will be under 30 minutes. Because <laughs> every song is under four minutes. 3.38 is the longest one. It's almost like it's they're written as singles, but I mean this this is really the turning point where it stops being about singles where they start releasing albums, mm-hmm. I think. I mean the Eddie Clark's like fantastic and I I love the the Golden Years lineup, but it is Bomber and Overkill are some are really good albums, but it's because the singles really stick out or the classics really stick out, whereas from now the albums seem to be something in themselves. Like, mm. the songs add up to something greater than their parts rather than just being a few standout tracks. And I think this this album suffers because it is one of the singles albums, but there's no real good singles <laughs> on it. There's, like, two. The singles album with nothing to sell. Yeah. I mean, it's really unfortunate because, say, the, the start of the song's great, but it's just ruined by the end. What about a bit of sex and outrage? Eh? Everyone's on board yeah. with that. Let's pick us up a bit.
throw of Iron Fist, didn't it? Yeah. There's no need to fade that out. No. <laughs> there was no need fade to fade that there, bit aren't out. There, yeah. I mean, that's more of the Motorhead song I can get behind. I like it. Sex and Outrage. Yeah. Two of the, two of the main themes. <laughs> yeah, just a simple chorus. Teenage backstage, sex and outrage. Did they ever do this live as part of the the main bulk of the songs they did live? I don't really remember. No, I do, I do like, like this song, that would song go though. Down well, though. Just coming out the chorus, it's just a nice, quick song with. We know what it's about. Yeah. I've written it feels a lot better, even though it's probably about the same thing. It feels a lot better than Jailbase. Well, it's a faster <laughs> song. It's less creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even though... It's I not mean, without its creepiness, don't get me wrong. It is, there is a bit of creepiness in there, but it's less creepy yeah. than... Uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I've got a bit of a note here as well, because I said the third verse is a bit shit. <laughs> where you quite like but I, it. I like the line, the way you move yourself should be against the law. That's quite good. It's, the, like like, it's the line before that, which is... I think, think you know, know <laughs> exactly what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> it's it's quite levered. There needs to be another syllable in there. It's just like, I'll do. <laughs> just extend. One <laughs> syllable short. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the song. Like a bit quicker than, than some of the others on here. Yeah, it's probably the fastest song so far, isn't it? Yeah, Heartstone's quite quick, but it's probably the quickest song. But yeah, it's nice, quick, short song to finish the side off. And yeah, now we've got to flip her over. So we're going to do the old school method because we're on the LP here, by the way. Oh, it's got the, the Snaggletooth on the side A and then we've got the bronze logo on the second one, which is the uh, the Evolving Man. Actually, I don't know if it's the first one that's got the... Because we haven't listened Ace to Aces didn't have the Snaggle on. No, it had the, it had the bronze logos. I can't remember if the bomb one did. I don't think it did. Anyway, side two. Side two and America... In America, band plays you. Um, 
so you know, like sometimes you have a memory of a song being great, but then you listen back to it and you go, "Ooh, what did was you that? used to like this?" Song? For some reason, I did. I, I have a memory of having this on like a compilation CD, like back when I only had like two Motorhead albums on CD. So at the time, I thought it was impressive. I don't anymore. There's not much to it at all, is he? No, it's uh, it's a it's it's we are the road crew, but without any of the joy or the soul or the fun or the love. It's a list song. List songs are very hard to get right, as we established. Yeah, um, I, I can talk more about like the history of it because they went out to America after Ace of Spades, and I think it was a bit of a culture shock to Eddie and Phil, or from Lemmy's autobiography, where like they order a salad and then they get like fucking forests worth <laughs> of salads to go through. But yeah, another thing I found out. Because Ace of Spades, Bomber and Overkill were all released at the same time. They met the then president of the Motorhead Fan Club of America. Well, Who was? As he's not. It's just some Danish kid. <laughs> and his name was? <laughs> Larry something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big kiss-ass by the name of Lars Ulrich. Can you pronounce that? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So... Some rich boy uh, from somewhere in Ally, really? I don't know. I don't want to talk about fucking Metallica. No, nah, it was San Francisco at the time, probably. Because yeah. um, this is... Is this 81? 82? Yeah. So, we're not far from Kill All being released this time. So, Metallica must have started by this point. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Or... I'm sure Kill 'em All's eighty two. So by the time they do the Ace of Spades tour, they must be gearing up to start the project in full. Maybe it's not the the initial lineup of Lars, Kirk, Cliff and James, but there might actually be Dave Mustaine by this point, maybe. Um but yeah, it's like an interesting little fact to know. It's um more interesting than that song was Burn. Yeah, I don't like that song. <laughs> I really don't. Creepy. Yeah, Metallica have got a bit of a... Their paths intertwined at certain points. Yeah, the only uh, Grammy Motorhead one was covering a Metallica song, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, Whiplash. They won a cover for that and nothing, mm. nothing else. Metallica played... Last time I checked. Metallica played Lemmy's 50th birthday. Yes. So There, were, there was like two or three Motorhead songs on that... Uh, some decent covers. I, I think it is. Oh, it's um. Oh, what is it? Garage days revisited. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suppose it's live. Lemmy's can't be a. Uh... Lemmy didn't get the words right live all the time. Yes. <laughs> <There is>, uh... <laughs> or when it matters. <laughs> That's enough fucking Metallica to look because I don't want to talk about Metallica. I want to talk about Motorhead. So we should move on to the next song, which is "Shut It Down." <laughs>
no memory of that song. I've obviously heard it before at some point in my life. It just left no impression on me. It's a bit samey. It follows the formula of just having a verse going into a pre-chorus or a chorus and then back again. But it almost sums it up. It's like the same old thing. The same old thing. It's, we've heard it before. Ah, oh, yeah. I'm upset as to how little I'm enjoying this. You know, I really, I'm not, I'm not in a good mood. No, I'm in a bad place. This has put me in bad vibes, man. Heavy. I don't know what it is. Do you know what? It's actually one of the more upbeat and more like better songs on the album, but the the lyrics just aren't there again. It's a shame. Mm. <laughs> like I should, in I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just coming off the back of America, but I should like this song because. Hmm. It's got, it's got an upbeat tempo riff. Yeah, it follows the classic style and everything, but it just doesn't go anywhere. You know, I don't think it helps by him shouting the same old thing, the same <laughs> old thing, because we've heard this a variation of this song quite a few times now. Do you think there was something at work in here where like Lemmy was like sabotaging this whole experience because he didn't like Eddie Clark having control over the production of it? I don't know, but surely if he didn't like him having control over it then he wouldn't let him do it <laughs> but then you think back to the examples of like when he said like I want to sing a song and Lemmy's gone yeah fine I don't care like he's like he wants to be the one who's in control of stuff but he doesn't want to come across as bossy or he doesn't want them to think that he's actually pulling the strings when he is pulling the strings yeah maybe because he is a very controlling man you get to the later albums when there's like the 2000 era and like Producers will say like it's hard to work with Lemmy. He makes you suffer, but you know you do it for the the glory of working with him. These are just fan fan theories I'm spitting here, people. Yeah, it is. It is odd because I mean Eddie's not around. Spoiler: Eddie's not around <laughs> too much longer after this. Actually, he's not around much after this at all. <laughs> in the band, not in the world. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not in the world now. But yeah, it's just. It should be one of the songs I like on this. It should be one of the ones what I'm like, yeah, it's up there with I'm the Doctor, it's up there with Sex and Outrage, it's up there with Iron Fist, and it's just not. I don't know what it is about it. It's just it's too it's forgettable. It's too forgettable. It's really forgettable, and it's a shame, because there's a decent riff or two in there. I mean, Speed Freak's all right, though. Let's, let's put Speed Freak in. I like that song. It's 
could, could be done with being faster. Like there are live versions of that that I would listen to over the album version. Yeah, like I, I'm not keen on this all. It's you know what you're getting. You know, it's a song about speed and how he's a speed freak. <laughs> okay, yes. got to hurry, got to hurry. Yeah, okay, yeah, sound. That's I like fi- it. That's the thing I do like the lyrics and the way they're delivered fit with the message of the song. I like that, but I don't like the fills in between. The wrist, it's like it's almost like the Ace of Spades thing where he's doing the the same overdubs, like Eddie's doing the same mm-hmm. overdubs between like bits of the verse. So I'm not keen on that. And I think if I want to listen to a song about speed, I'll listen to Motorhead. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those I, I really don't like. It's better than others on the album. It's it's probably a better song than some of the others on the album. It's just not one that I like. I think it's more of the Lemmy songwriting style. It's not exactly like the full band style on top of that. I don't think the riffs as good as Eddie can produce. I, I think Phil could, could do more with his drumming as well. But no one seems to be getting on the same page in this album, man. No, it's it's almost, as we as you said before, we know they're under a tight deadline and we know they can work well sometimes mm. under tight deadlines but it's almost like rather than finishing the songs it's it's an almost that that'll do mm, so yeah. like it's not like let's make this as good you as know, we can yeah, in time as... it's like that's a song right there's another 11 to do <laughs> as well as being on this long fucking motorhead tour and then doing all the studio stuff they were all living together in one house as well oh yeah i think fatigue's really starting to set in yeah that's yeah. exactly say that eddie cock used to quit the band every three months <laughs> and like they were just they were used love, to love that. and apparently there was no beef in the studio but like at home there were like fist fights and stuff because <laughs> all three of them are they're all instigators, you know. They're yeah. all like trouble girls. That's why they get on so well, and like in that, that's why they create this kind of music. But like, the the those what's the word? Egos is that the right word? Personality types just yeah. can't. Yeah, it's, it's having for that long. It's almost having like three people with the same personality. In yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> just doesn't work. But the cracks in the wall definitely shown on this album. Like, it's, unfortunately, yeah, it really is, isn't it? I. The interesting thing about doing this timeline thing that we've been doing is you can just hear the peak of the quality and you can hear the dip of the quality. Yeah. I mean, I've got to admit, like, over the last few weeks when I've been listening to this and getting getting notes down, I've, I've listened to it and thinking, this is better than I remember it. But then when you actually pick the ones that you'd like, well, it's not even that. If you if you put the songs to the side that you, they're all right. This mm-hmm. this is the only thing I've listened to really for like the past week or so. I can pick four or five songs I like, but then when compared to other songs like from other albums and comparing what I think of those tracks to the five I like on this, it there's it's nowhere near. Yeah, there's they just it's an unnecessary album, unfortunately. You know, mm. there's there's nothing that needs to be put in the time capsule, and we're not even done. <laughs> Where we at, man? What's next? Don't let them grind you down. Don't let them grind you down. Why don't you 
Bitches, crocodile tears in their eyes. We scare them shitless just by showing up alive. I love that. That's a very good lyric. This is one of the other. This is probably the only other song where it feels like the lyrics are really yeah he's together. But, but then, uh, why why do I feel like it's not quite there? Is it just because I've been drained by the album, or I think it is by this point. Um, I do like this. Like the drums are sounding better on it. Like the the solo is great on this again. Um, again, like if you go back and listen to the solos over the changes in the song, it just works. I'm trying to think what this song is. Obviously, the second song seems to be, or the second verse, sorry, seems to be about like politicians. I just like to think the first verse is about Phil breaking his hands. <laughs> if you go back and read the lyrics, because it's people going to make you wonder if you write, keep them wide awake, worried late at night. <laughs> Why don't you tell them to beat it? Why don't you tell them to eat? <laughs> An interpretation, yeah, because well, the story goes that people were pissing about outside his house late at night, so he went and punched them out and <laughs> broke his hands. <laughs> oh man, my guy, yeah, it's definitely the the one of the themes of like lots of motorhead songs is like, yeah, well, just have a good time, don't let it get to you, and everything that's what it's about. He just refers to the politicians as bastards a lot, so I think whenever he says bastards, it's a shorthand. <laughs> yeah, but I, I quite like the song. Like I get one of the better songs. On there. The lyrics are more together. I mean, the music's not as good as some of the other songs, but it's funny because like, it's in the same vein as like the more serious stuff, but like it's not as good as Talking Head that was before this. Mm. It's not as good as just because you've got the power that's after this. It's it's some good. Some good work in there. It's just not all the way there, yeah. It's a bit forgettable as well. Yeah. I mean, you just listen to it. I can tell you what the riff line was like. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's it. And like, as good as the lyrics are, you've got to have all the all the elements in there, don't you? Mm. Yeah. But again, not there's a lot worse on the album. It, yeah. It's one of the ones I'd take away from this if I had to pick five. But I think I'd even struggle to pick five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three at the most. Should we just move on? Unfortunately, yeah. I don't really want to. <laughs> Are we almost done? How many tracks left? Two. Two. That's... Don't need religion it then.
not going to remember that outro then, yeah. That's a good song. That's what we were just talking about, like more of a serious bent towards like politics and religion all in one there. Catchy, good riff. That's that's one of the... I'm going to put this as the best song on the album, I think. It's a, it's another list song, but it's a hell of a lot. It's, it, Better it's than a America. deep one, isn't it? So I'm, I'm not... I think this sounds like... It almost sounds like this the song a band writes when they're starting out it's it's a bit it's like a warm-up a warm-up riff that's been turned into a song (laughs) yeah i mean it's you like it i'm not as keen it's it's one of the the songs i take away from it but we know like lemmy hates religion from what other songs do you hate religion on there's some really back on like bomber which we've been through ages ago, which I can't uh, remember. Yeah, like Poison, I think it is. Poison, that's definitely it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so more humour in here as, as well. Don't need to see these scars. Don't need Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky little rhyme internal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't need Sunday television. Bet your life I don't need religion. Lovely stuff. <laughs> it was a binoculars line as well. If your head's uh, yes, all right, binoc- you don't need binoculars <laughs> to see the light. It's funny, but it's also fucking true, you know. Yeah. It's like, just, and like the Motorhead theme of like enjoy what you do and live your truth. Well, this song is just like make use of your time on earth. Don't waste it on your knees praying to some fucking dickhead in the sky. Yeah, it works. It's a decent song. Although one of the things I find really lazy on the lyric sheet is rather than writing "bet your life you don't need" re- or "bet your life you don't need religion." After every verse, it just goes to bet your life, <laughs> etc. <laughs> and there's room, there's well, room Matt, there. These, for, these to kids the today, line. listen, they don't know what a lyric sheet is. And you know, they get all the music online. They don't know what it's like to have to follow along to the back of something to get the lyrics. You couldn't just look it up back then. You'd have to think, what was that etc? <laughs> anyway, it's it's a decent song but to me it's another one which it almost feels like it's not finished it could be more there could be more in there it's like Catch Scratch Rerunner it is a bit yeah which they'll cover later on yes unfortunately yeah so we've got to do this one more track and then we'll be done with this album forever benefit of how abrupt that fade was but that was an abrupt fade it just feels like when it's picking up again yeah as well it's really i thought that was going to go into like a two minute jam kind of thing that, like they sound like they were all on the same yeah this, wavelength there this as feels well like this feels like it should be the bomber of this album feels like something that should be i don't know why that was the last song on the b-side <laughs> 
it feels like it should be a lot bigger. It's it's the last song in the album. Go out with a bang, you know what I mean? And it's like it starts off really well. Like the riffs really cool to get people like jumping up and down and everything. But it it just sort of it just takes a nosedive after the third <laughs> verse. It doesn't, you know, it's not like let's finish on like a a two minute long jam and solo and mm-hmm. and last chorus. It's just it just really goes like straight off that'll do yeah shame on it's like one of my favorite melodies on that album i do i do um, like the riff the lyrics aren't aren't fantastic but it's a really good but it's not like the lyrics aren't offensively bad you know no it's yeah it's 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 fine when the the music is upbeat and jumping up and down and makes you want to sort of mosh as it is you're not really too bothered about the lyrics and that's in that sense so it works for that but it's just too short it's like two and a half minutes that's weird. It's the last song on the album. <laughs> well, that's that's Iron Fist, uh, an album that Lemmy did not like. Uh, so there's like three takeaway songs in there. Blamed it, blamed himself for letting Eddie Clark co-produce, and blamed uh, Will Reed for being not where he needed to be as a music producer. He said he got better over time, but he said that that he was not doing good work. So yeah. No one's happy with that album. I mean, yeah. there must be someone out there who's that's their favourite album. There probably, it, probably yeah, is. Someone that's sick and twisted in the video. <laughs> that may be. It, it was rushed to get done, and it's another example of why studio people should just stay in offices. Yeah, I think I think it's a culmination of things. I think it's fatigue from the tour. Yeah. I think it's stresses from all being under each other's feet. It's just creative... It's a shame, yeah. man. Like that—that's the end of the 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 the, the original Motorhead lineup, man. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's the Motorhead lineup there. They're creatively exhausted. Plus, Phil's coming off the back of like a major injury, and a lot of things are just against them. There was a lot against them getting pressure to go back in the studio to release the follow-up quickly to keep the momentum going, especially after no sleep till till Hammersmith. It's a shame because there's some. You could imagine if you took some of these songs that they probably they'd probably be enough to make a decent EP if if they were that bothered about getting another release out to capitalize on the popularity cut half the songs you know spend more time on the on the decent five or six songs on there and make a hell of an EP hmm. but even if you take even if the takeaways from this don't make a good EP and it's a shame it it could have been so much more, and it's a shame like what this lineup had to, had to end like this. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to listen to the B sides? We had one single off this. Oh, you got the uh, the uh, EPs in them, have. yeah. Well, we have the seven inch single, which is in a bit of a state. Well, this is a first for us. We don't usually do the B sides because we don't have them on the vinyl, but now we do. Well, we've we've got this and one off the next though. <laughs> So what is the B-side of this? Or the single? Ooh, red. Get to get a snap of that. Same old song, Remember Me, I'm Gone. I don't know this, yeah. Running, 
Proper end. Yeah, it's a proper <laughs> end. It's not a fade. I would have put that on the album. That's <laughs> exactly what's in my notes. <laughs> I think, like, even this is a better closer than uh, Bang to Rice. Yeah. It's. I don't know what it's. I don't know what it is with this version of it as well. It sounds louder <laughs> than the LP. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know if it's they've mixed up some it's of the production. Those drums harder as well. Like, yeah, bang. it's. It goes out with a bang. It's yeah. You know, it's. There's not much to the lyrics. It's, you know, some ex is trying to get back to him because she needs a hand, and he's like, nah, I'm off. I'm gone. <laughs> so I don't care. So There's another one of those type of songs, but, like, this should be on the album. It's It surpasses most <laughs> of the other songs on there. Same old song, Remember Me, I'm Gone. That's catchy, man. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's a lot better than stuff like Shut It Down. On there, which shouldn't it doesn't have a pl- shouldn't be on there. No. Um, gr- not grinds down. What the what's, what do we end with? Uh, Bang to rice. It mm. could have replaced like two or three songs, and even though it's a shorter song, damn Bang to rice. It feels like a better closer because it's got a proper end yeah. as well. <laughs> it feels like that should finish the album. Funny about with those three different musical style outro dealies. Yeah. Mm. Good little, good little investment. Now, what's on the other side? It's Iron Fist. Oh, it's just a single, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's it. For, a, for a single, that's on Red's transparent vinyl. That's, that's pretty cool, like, man. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Like I said, it's worth it just to get that shitty cover. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> the cover is terrible. The guns with a broadsword. Yeah, that's, that cover is the only way I can figure out who's who yeah. on the um, <laughs> in the LP insert. You can oh, kind of work yeah. out from what they're wearing. Terrible. So let's talk Iron Fist one last time then. For the whole album, um, what's going to be your takeaway song from that? Right, let's go. Let's get the album back. I mean... Takeaway song for me is I'm your doctor. Well, I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. I always like that one, but I'm going to start listening to um, Don't Let Them Grind You Down more, I think. Speed Freak's always been up there. Not in the top ten, but up there... I'll take away Sex and Outrage from here. Yeah, as Sex well. and Outrage maybe as well. So it's not like there's nothing on that album to sustain you. It's just... There's too much bad in between the good. Yeah. And it shows. Yeah. Say, <laughs> this as an EP to keep the momentum going would have worked. Unfortunately, it... it Shouldn't have rusted out. The material, the good material that's there is too stretched out over... Over a bad album, unfortunately. It's like this... I Is it worse than the debut album? I mean, I really have the beef that you had with it. You know, the Motorhead, Motorhead. 
Do you know what, I need to go back and listen to it. I really can't decide which is worse. These are on par at the minute. Yeah, these shouldn't be compared to this. Uh, these shouldn't be like the golden years is Overkill, Ace of Spades, and Bomber. It's mm-hmm. you know those are the albums and the songs that people remember from this period. The only songs they remember from the other albums are Iron Fist and Motorhead. Those are the only ones people are calling for. Yeah. After this, we've got another perfect day, which is going to be very interesting to talk Do about. You know what? <laughs> I didn't like that album. Well, when, I'm coming around to it again. You're going to. I've think. really come around yeah. to it recently. We're all we're all older. We've all a bit more matured. We're we're ready for a bit more uh, proggy, I guess maybe. Yeah. But before that, I think we've got quite a bit of other stuff to talk about. We've mentioned there's a few releases that we've missed off. Yeah, we'll bundle them up and so on. So we've got we've got two live albums. We've got three EPs, and possibly talking about another record. Which there's a dispute over whether it is a Motorhead album. I don't think. Oh, it is. Well, well, that'll be up for debate. Interesting topic. Next time, I don't know. If it's going to put. Well, have to be a bonus. So it won't be the next month. But well, keep an ear out for it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Check the Top Hats and Canes podcast Instagram to see the pictures of the albums and the Top Hats and Canes website to see the actual podcast itself. Another fun podcast for your listening pleasure. But until then, uh, good motorheading to you. How's that for a catchphrase? It's the best we've had so far. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time, people. Hey.